Hey friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content, because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. Oh, I know. I see. I keep saying content, and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy they can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping product-based business owners turn into revenue-generating, successful, happy product bosses. I'm Jacqueline Snyder. And I'm Mina Kunlo-Sitep. Together through digital courses, coaching, and masterminds, we've helped over 50,000 students from startup to multi-million dollar businesses scale their sales while blending in their dream life. It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative together, Product Boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. We are so excited because we are at Cafe Lola in Las Vegas, and we are actually doing a live interview with the founders of Cafe Lola and um, just uh, other businesses that they'll tell you all about. So we've got Lynn Jerome and Alexandra Lourdes, and welcome to the Product Boss Podcast. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. We're so excited. Thank you for coming out. It's our very first podcast. Yeah. And we set up the whole camera (laughs) crew for you. We're so excited because we've admired you for so long, both of you on Instagram and just your partnership too. I think that it kind of adds a little bit of dynamic to even, you know, your story. So let's start off with that. Tell us a little bit of like how you first met each other and how, you know, and and a little bit about yourselves and and what you, I guess, sell and own. Yeah. What you do. Like, let's let's talk about it. So, because you have so many businesses. I was like, I've Mm -hmm. got one of them because I don't have a notepad. So (laughs) let's go in. Right. So we met seven years ago. Um, her husband actually introduced the two of us. We were in a philanthropy group together and I just got a new job at UNLV and Alex was working with, at UNLV and he said, you two just have a lot of similarities. You should just meet up, have coffee, see how it goes. Funny, we met and had coffee and now here we are in our coffee shop. <laughs> but um, we just hit it off. We both had side hustles at the time. Um, I had a side hustle, which was an event planning and philanthropy company. And she had side hustle, which was a social media company. So we just teamed together and started throwing events here in the community and they went off really, really well. And then we had an opportunity to start doing marketing for a restaurant group out here. And we were like, okay, we don't really do marketing. We have full-time jobs. Like I have my law degree. She has her PhD. We, we're, this is not... But what, what 
we actually we were doing marketing. Right. We didn't like realize we that's what we were doing. <laughs> we, we never had a degree in marketing, so exactly. we didn't really know what we were doing. Yeah. But she actually has her law degree. I have my PhD. So we were actually working in these careers and we actually ended up leaving and we started um, this marketing company overnight. So like after Literally we started overnight. helping, yeah, in the restaurant we were doing the marketing for. We were like eating dinner and she was doing the LLC. I was creating the website and we, <laughs> like the next day we're like, oh, we have the refined agency. We did. So I love and it. full-time jobs at yeah. universities. So we were like, okay, how do we navigate this? How do we do this? And then we used our, our side hustles. So we just basically merged them. So I had a social media company where I would post kind of, most popular restaurants in town and she had her event company so at restaurants I would post about that restaurant while she would throw an event there you know so that was our marketing mm -hmm. company it wasn't traditional it was the more non-traditional form of marketing but it was working and everyone liked that and then it, now everyone does that like but it was we kind of were doing something new that we didn't really know what we were doing at the time but then now we obviously know what we're doing yeah yeah and then we just started to get busier and busier and taking on more clients from client referrals. And it got to the point, literally it was December, 2015, where we're like, okay, we cannot continue to juggle both anymore. It's either one or the other. So, and we just decided, hey, we're gonna move forward with the Refine Agency. We put in our 30 day notice at the university and January 1, 2016, we were on our own. A little scary, but we were like, you know what? Can we always get another job? Yes. We can get another job. If this doesn't work, we can go out. Luckily, we have degrees, you know? Yes. So right, right. we always that are very help. big advocates yes. of education. What was your default? What was your default job? Because a lot of us come up with that deal. Like, if this doesn't work out, I'll just uh -huh. go do X. Did you have one of those? I mean, that was, was just going back in. Her lawyer, me. Yeah. I guess I'm going to try cases. I like, have yeah, an MBA, but I'm always like, worst case scenario, just be a barista or a waitress. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, funny. that's funny because our, our default jobs are like, I'll be a professor. Yeah, actually, yeah. 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 yeah, it was funny. But we were, we were making more than our salaries, you know? Right. So mm -hmm. that was our decision maker. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, let's just wing it. You know, it was, we saw the, there was proof like, okay, this business is, thriving and we were making well over what our salaries were. So that right. was like, we have to just trust this, you know, cause we can always, like she said, fall back to our, yeah. those salaries, you and know? I mean, this is a lawyer and a PhD. <laughs> so obviously it was doing really well. Um, so I think that's another question that a lot of people tend to have is they, they have a full-time job and they want to take their, their side hustle, which is usually their creative business their product-based business. Maybe it's passion project. Yeah. Their passion project and they want to move, but they don't know how or when to move. Is there any advice you have on that? Cause you were obviously, you're still juggling a lot. So you've obviously like full plates, but any advice that you have for people about to when to jump, when to jump? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's at the point. So we were comfortable at first because we knew we were trying this new business out and we had our full-time job. So we had that income coming in. I think when it got to the point of us not being able to dedicate as much time to it or really seeing the revenue that we were bringing in from it with such low overhead. I mean, as long as we had our laptop, our phones, we were working out of coffee shops, that's all we really needed. Mm. And so at that point, we're like, okay. And the demand was so high. Right. Like we, we, we could take more clients, but we just didn't have enough time because of our jobs. Exactly. So for us, that was, and it was a no brainer because we, we saw the money coming in and we saw the opportunity there. We saw that if we just dedicated more time to it, it would bring even more money in. So. Exactly. For us, that was, it was, it was like a financial decision, you know, yeah. it was, mm -hmm. and it was, um, even though it was a passion, you know, it was, we made it kind of based on finance, like a financial decision. Yeah. Like this was the best move for us right. at the time. Yeah. yeah. And I think that a lot of people, they're scared because they don't know 
they're uncertain, right? They 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 have that fear. But for all of you, you know, the both of you, you thought, okay, worst case scenario, I'll just go back to my job, you yeah, know. So right. you, like when you can kind of picture that worst case scenario and be like, okay, that's the worst case scenario. I'm I'm gonna take the leap of faith. Exactly. You know? I mean, like so we always talk about this actually, and then mm-hmm. a lot of people do have imposter syndrome. We definitely went through that because we're like, mm-hmm. we don't have marketing degrees. You know, we don't we don't really know about marketing. Like, what if they ask us about this? You know, or, mm-hmm. or and so we did go through that a little bit. And then we just realized like how how powerful our tools were. So like her event planning skills, like my my marketing skills, my social media skills, like we're like, you know, people should pay for this. Like we just, we were like, this is, look at the impact we have. Look at the amount of people that come to these events. Look at the amount of people who see these restaurants. Like, you know, for us, it, the value was there. So right. it doesn't, you don't need a degree necessarily, you know, in yeah. something, if you're good at what you're doing, you know? So yeah. we kind of actually had, to, that was one of those moments where we kind of had to like, talk each other, you know, into like, Hey, we can do this, you know? And finally we, you know, started to believe in ourselves and the more you do it, the more you believe in yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So like the more, you know, the more clients we got, the more success we got them, the more followers that we grew them, you know, the success we saw in their restaurants were like, okay, Nick, now we know we're good at this, you know? And so we can charge a little bit more because that was another thing for us. We just didn't know what to charge. We didn't know. And being women in that industry, Mm -hmm. especially here in Las Vegas, a lot of what we were doing was throwing events at casinos and nightclubs. And that was a male dominated field. Oh yes, majority male. So to have these two girls coming in and doing these events and having them be super successful, was unheard of. So again, that, you know, we were a little bit hesitant at that point too. Even when we were charging these places, we're like, we know that you're paying them seven times more than you're paying us, but you know, we just wanted to get our foot in the door and we we did really, really well. All of our events were super successful. The marketing company was very successful and we just, you know, we ran with it. Amazing. And both of you are married. Yes. And so, and your husband introduced you two together. Um, So were they did, they, did you have their buy-in initially when you sort of left your full-time jobs and started this company? No. no? Okay. No, I mean, maybe you <laughs> I did. did. I did. Mine, did mine is more like, mine is finance, you know, he's a finance guy. So he's, he's very logical, you know, and I'm like the complete opposite. Yeah. He calls me a dreamer, you know, he's like, I have a dreamer wife and I just like figure out how to make her dreams happen, mm-hmm. you know? So, which it kind of is so funny because that's how it, it's always been with us. So he's, um, he told me, he's like, you're leaving all this like security or, you know, he's all about security, insurance, like, you know, all those things that are all just so logical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Responsibility. You know? Responsibility. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's like, your savings, you know, your I don't even know those things that we have. Yeah, <laughs> IRAs, the everything. Have, I mean, yeah. the benefit packages there were, you know, unreal. Yeah. You're at a university. Yeah. But yeah, even Steve, he he knew that I wasn't happy doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And he wanted me to be happy. And he knew that in, at the end of the day, I was going to do what I wanted to do anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think he was just like, yes, Lynn, if this is what you want, go ahead. And you took the lead. <laughs> Figure it out. Yes. And he got behind it. Yeah, he got behind it. Yeah. He's so like, okay, do whatever. <laughs> All right. Too late. Are you yeah. 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 That's basically how it is. Yeah. <laughs> so then let's talk about this. So we took, so you had the events company and then when did you jump into becoming restaurant tours? So we just saw how impactful our services were for social media and events for all of our clients, which a majority of them were in food and beverage and hospitality. And when we started the refine agency, we were working out of coffee shops in town. Mm. So we were going to all these places and they just, we used to always say, man, we want a coffee shop of our own because they were just brown and they were drab and they were inspiring mm. and they didn't have the food items that we liked. They didn't have matcha, they didn't have alternative milks, they didn't have gluten-free items, they didn't have vegan items. Mm. And so we always said, man, if we did this, we would have 
a coffee shop that looked like this. It would be pink, be very feminine. We'd have gluten-free and vegan. So that's kind of how Cafe Lola started. Um, and it's funny, the reason we felt comfortable with starting the first location is we always do this with our businesses. We try to find... A, a, try to make a dual business out of one. So when we found our initial Cafe Lola space, at the time we needed office space for our marketing company. We were paying an exorbitant amount of rent at our current office space and we found this space, which is our first Cafe Lola. And we said, wouldn't it be great if we were able to build a second level mezzanine upstairs, move the refine agency into that space, but then make additional revenue downstairs in order to help pay the bills. Plus we're a social media company. We need a space to take photos, to take videos for our clients. Mm. And so we created that backdrop with Cafe Lola. And so we knew if for some reason this didn't work, we know we can pay the rent and pay the bills with the marketing company. And that's right. really kind of how yeah, that it was started our goal. too. We're like, okay, if we can pay the rent, you know, for yeah, our marketing right. company, we're winning. <laughs> yeah, we need an office anyway. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> and then yeah. we get to have, you know, free coffee and go downstairs and everybody Great can coffee eat. machine, better yes. than an espresso. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. And I think that, you know, the two of you, what you did really well was that you, entered, you, you were already doing restaurants and food and that is a really big thing in Vegas, right? You added an entertainment level to it, like the, the experience. experience. Yeah, mm -hmm. the experience, even the entertainment, like seeing you, Alex, um, on Instagram and you doing reels and, you know, there is an entertainment level and, you know, to what you show, like opening up your donuts and actually... You know, before we go into that, why don't you talk about like the other businesses that you both have as yeah, well? Yeah, so we started yeah. Cafe Lula uh -huh. as a way to pay the rent for the marketing yeah. company. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> genius ideas. Yeah. And then what happened next? Yeah, so we opened Cafe Lola. We the second the second we opened, uh, we post Lynn and I both posted on social media, and we had a line out the door day one. It was crazy. People were so excited, but we had we had started social for the Cafe Lola like eight months prior. Like it was, they, we took them along the journey. We took everyone along the construction journey. We, we were always updating them. And for us, it was really cool that we, they, everyone just kind of felt like family. And so when they came and they were, they were everyone was so excited because they felt like it was theirs. And that's always what we like to do is make sure people feel so connected to us yeah. because I think that is so important so people can understand like who's behind it. It's not just like some, you know, random person. It's actually Lynn and I, you know, and right. we're there, we're doing the construction. We're not physically, Your pink but, card hats. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Card hats, yeah. <laughs> so for us, that was really a really important piece. And then when we started seeing how successful Cafe Lola was growing and people were like, can you bring this to Henderson? Can you, you know, can you um, grow more locations? Because we only had that one small location. So for us, we're like, okay, we know we want to grow Cafe Lola, but in the meantime, um, we <laughs> decided to do something else. So <laughs> we always do Sounds that. like yes, an entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah, so we are, we're always doing something else. <laughs> Lynn's always like added to the list. I'm always yeah. like coming up with the crazy ideas. So Lynn, um, I think she was pregnant at the time. She like really wanted donuts, and mm -hmm. I'm being I'm like a huge foodie, so I know every donut shop in town. So I'm like, there's one down the road. I'm like, let's go get one. We walked down. We um, took our car down the road, literally a mile away from Cafe Lola, and the door was locked. There's a lockbox on it, and you look inside, and the, all the equipment was still there. So Lynn, because um, this is what she does, she literally calls the landlord right there, and she's like, <laughs> "Yeah, to yeah. Work, exactly." Right? Start googling, like, like, find the owner, find the landlord, yeah. get his name, get his number. Literally and, that afternoon, she's on the phone with them, and she's like, "What's going on with the space? You know, is it available?" And um, they're like, "Yeah, actually, the owner just closed last night," and um, so. All, all the equipment's in 
there. It was a donut shop. So I was like, okay, you know, so I was like, we're going to do something because we actually were sourcing all of our pastries. So we were sourcing all of our sugar cookies, our cupcakes, and from other places in town. So I was like, why don't we create a bakery for I Cafe mean, Lola? You know, like we do. <laughs> and I was like, we could hire a baker, you know, and because um, we were, you know, I'm sure there's a baker that will want to work for us. And we're like, we can hire a baker. You know, they can make all of our pastries for Cafe Lola. But then in the front, let's do something different. Like, let's make a really cool storefront that um, no one's, some, you know, no one's ever seen before. And I've been the donut, like, fiend my whole life. I'm obsessed with donuts. Like, I travel to Barcelona for donuts, you know? <laughs> so, for me, I, like, donuts were, like, always been my thing. I don't know why. I was, like, scrolling really back on my Instagram for some reason, and I have all these photos of me and donuts. I was like, that's so funny. Like, I, like, have always loved donuts. And, um... And I would like, when I was painting in college, I would paint pastries, you know? And I'm like, this oh is my the craziest Amazing. thing like, to think like how far it's come full circle. But so we're like, we're going to do a donut shop, but not just any donut shop. We wanted to do a couture donut shop, something that no one's ever seen before. We wanted to turn them into French pastries mm-hmm. and really take on a different, like, you know, bring elevate the donut to something no one's ever seen before. And so we're like, how do we do that? <laughs> so yeah. we know what we want to do. We didn't know how we we're going to do it, but we'll we signed the lease anyways. So she signed the lease the first Cafe Lola. We told our husbands we want to do this cafe. And they're like, well, maybe it's not the best idea because they're both in food and beverage and mm. they know the ins and outs and, uh-huh. you know, the business side of things. And we're like, well, actually we already signed the lease. So yeah. too late. Get in or get out. <laughs> they were like, well, I guess we're opening a cafe. They yeah. didn't really have a choice. And we didn't so know how to make coffee, actually. I actually didn't drink coffee. She's a tea drinker. Yeah, I don't drink and, coffee. Um, it's crazy. I would try coffees, but I didn't like the flavor because mm-hmm. a lot of coffee shops, like, just don't, they don't do anything that fun, you know? Yeah. So I was like, you know, I didn't really, only, the only really good coffee I had was at certain, you know, certain coffee shops. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for us, we, um, we had a, you know, the, actually the person who sold us the coffee beans, they come in and train you how to make coffee. And then I would just, I, I ended up just learning how to make coffee. I like learned how to steam the milk all during training of us opening. Like I didn't know anything. <laughs> and then, so I trained along with all, alongside all of our employees. And then from then, that's when I was really jumped in and learned all the different flavors and started to just like, you know, picking up what people like. And, you know, then I try to create more seasonal items. So, so who creates the recipes? Because I'm drinking, what's this 24 called? Carat. 24 Karat. 24 Karat. drinks that's, Gold that Flakes accepts Alex. you. Yeah. She's okay. all about mm-hmm. flavors. I mean, she's a foodie. She right. is the foodie in the group for yes. sure. I mean, the drinks are beautiful. <laughs> Check out the Instagram. You'll see our photos and our video. I mean, they're amazing. I wanted this one because I was like, this is very Instagramable. Uh-huh. Gold Flakes. Yeah, that one, I, I try to create some that are like super light because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times especially like younger girls who come in, like they don't really like the taste of coffee. They yeah. want like their frappuccinos, yeah. you know, they want to yeah. like, they want to just say something that just tastes good, right? Yeah. So those are like, that's more of like the specialty lattes that we make are more like the lighter, you know, drinks that drink. make with coffee, mm-hmm. like yeah. more fun. Yeah. This one's really good. This is our pistachio latte. It's like one of my favorites. It is amazing. We're big coffee drinkers over there. Oh, we really are. But I like this because it's not too sweet. Yeah. And that's kind of why I was staying away from a little bit of the whip. But I mean, they're incredible. I also love that... Everything you do is elevated, you know, like a exactly. tour donut. Also, you know, a pistachio one, it's not, you know, a crazy almond. I mean, that's yeah. how we started. I mean, even <laughs> that's why we named our company the Refine Agency. We yeah. weren't doing anything too, that was too different from what others were doing. We just, it was refined. It. So yeah. we elevated, elevated your experience. Yeah. So it was always your, you know, your marketing refined, your your coffee shop refined, your donut shop refined. We want to elevate experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, people always tell us, you guys don't do anything too, you know, crazy. You open a coffee shop, a donut shop, pizza shop. <laughs> but yes, we do everything 
And they're crowded markets, you know, it's not like 100%. There's a coffee shop down the road. There's, you know, there's like probably six on this road, actually. But But when you say refine, it's it's also very clearly knowing the customer you want to attract. Exactly. So for us, we just, we started these businesses. We wanted spaces to go ourselves. Mm -hmm. We wanted to sit in a coffee shop that was beautiful and pink and had amazing lighting, beautiful chandeliers, these installations. We wanted to have donuts that were gorgeous, that you could present as a hostess gift that just really stood out. We mm-hmm. wanted to have pizza that was delicious. So it's really just us doing the things that we love and, and knowing yeah. that others love those things too. A lot of times, you know, businesses don't really cater to women. We yeah. are women. We are moms. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to have a space where we can go and have a latte, have a glass of rosé, but then on a Saturday have a princess tea so our daughters can come and mm-hmm. see characters and have a tea party with their friends. So we just do things that, that we like to do and we know that others like to do too. A lot of times actually people would tell us, they're like, are you sure you want to go so feminine with your cafe? Because you're going to, you know, exclude a whole market of people, right? They mm-hmm. think that men are going to come here. Oh, there's but, a lot of men in here. Oh, yeah. a ton. <laughs> there is. A ton. You know, and they're like, they think that we're, by focusing on a certain demographic of people, it's going to you know, exclude opportunity, you right. know, mm-hmm. but for us, it was the complete opposite. You know, well, I think when you speak, so we always say, if you're selling to everyone, you're selling to no one. So you exactly. speak so clearly to somebody, but then everybody else wants that buy-in. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's an experience. So let's jump back to this bakery that oh, we yes, started. No, 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 because what I love here is there's so many people who will stop themselves because things have to be perfect. Yes. Or they have to research and research and research, right? You can't. You can't. Yeah. That's so one of my biggest pieces of advice. Very, very yeah. early. Anytime anyone asks me for a piece of advice, it's that. Like, Mm-hmm. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. You mm-hmm. just have to start right, it, you know, right. because I feel like a lot of times that is 100% the case. Like people, and I have friends that will reach out to me and they'll be like, I need help. Like, I don't have a degree in nutrition, but I want to start this, you know, cute, like kids nutrition company. And mm-hmm. I was like, just do it. Just you know? do it. Like, do you it. know, or no one's like, we don't have a bigger degree. Yeah. We don't, no, you don't, just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be very honest with you. I probably shouldn't say this, but we haven't had the actual business plan. We've, we never we made started. a business plan. Like, Nobody no. has a business plan. No, you have just to just do. start. But I think that the, the special thing that you guys do too is is what you said earlier, Alex, that you stayed connected with your customer, right? You've engaged with them. So you get that feedback. I think what happens when people are scared is that they're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting this feedback and these people are saying this is too feminine or this is, you know, but but if you're catering to everybody, it's you're never going to stand right. out. Yeah. So, but taking that feedback and understanding, okay, this is my customer and I, it's not a race to the bottom. It's how am I going to stand out and how I'm going to cater to this very specific customer. Exactly. And, and obviously your customer is someone who loves elevated experiences, yes. you know. Same with the donut not, shop. Yeah. Right. So let's go into the donut mm-hmm. shop. Yeah. Because I mean, not everyone's going to buy a $6 donut. Yeah. You know, they but. D- definitely are not. Oh my goodness. We, <laughs> but I would buy a $12 donut from yeah. here. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, people, I could. Yeah. yeah that's right. But it's got to like, like we randomly create that price. Like that's how much it costs. Like yeah. we use yeah. real vanilla bean in our dough. Right. We use, you know, our baker comes in overnight and does and makes them from scratch. We don't use a bag mix like mm-hmm. that other people do. It's like using a cake box mix that you mix water in. Like, right. mm-hmm. we don't do that. So you so you decided to open this bakery and then did you, is it a different company? So yeah, yes. we, yes. we always file different LLCs. That's her thing. So she files all the LLCs and then- Great having um, a lawyer. I know. So she does all that. And then when we, uh, we actually hired someone, like a kind of, we actually hired several consultants to right. help us figure out the donuts. The first couple didn't get it right. And- they didn't get our vision, so we moved, we just kept looking for other consultants. We had to do this 
within 60 days, was it? Or 30? Yeah, it was I can't a remember really if it was like... I was like nine months pregnant, so I don't really remember oh, anything. Oh, that's the time. I, I, think I, it was, I think it was two months. We it was crazy. Yes, because yeah. I signed the lease in March and we actually opened June 1st. So it was, oh, it was pretty months, quick. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So it was, I mean, to create an entire concept, that was really quick for us, you know, <laughs> because yeah. we had to create a menu, figure out how to make donuts and, um, you know, basically move our, I mean, create an entire baking program for mm-hmm. Cafe Lola. So what's the donut company called? It's is called it Donut Babes, but donut it's, it's St. Honoré. Okay, but our so LLC is Donut okay, Babes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what, so then does, so St. Honoré also has its own locations? St. Honoré yes. has two locations. Two locations yeah. and supplies all the baked goods. Yes. For Cafe okay. Lola. This yeah, is exactly. like an intricate, beautiful spider web. So yeah. you know, so uh-huh. let's, so let's <laughs> just keep it all in the family. Yeah. So let's just go to the next business that you started after that then. So you had a lot of dough. Yes, and then we did. And it was not like, we're not talking cash dough. We're talking dough dough. Yes, because we definitely, I mean, it was in the middle of COVID. So we definitely didn't have a lot of cash dough, that's right, for yeah. sure. It's December, and it's the busiest time of year for pretty much everybody, but especially for product bosses. Yes, it is. Between all the promotions, the making and shipping, the end of your business tasks, and all of the non-negotiables with your loved ones during the holiday season, it can feel like there's too much going on. We understand that you're trying to squeeze those 48 hours of work into the 24 hours you're given each day. Our best advice? Figure out the non-negotiables and let the rest go for your life and your business. That's why we recommend HubSpot because it's a business tool that integrates all of your data into one place so you can see what's working best in your life and in your marketing, sales, and customer service and relationships. It's amazing how much time and mental energy you can save by having all the right tools to make your life easier and more streamlined. HubSpot is like having a huge dashboard full of all the information you need across your entire business, ready for you to dig into the moment when you need it. It's easy to customize for your business and can help you get your work done faster and more easily, giving you more time and money for the things that matter most. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. But we had this space, again, we always try to do a dual business. Mm-hmm. We had this space where we have these donuts, these beautiful donuts. We're only open from 10 to 3. We make all of the dough in-house. Why not find a way in order to use the space after hours, provide our team with additional hours you know, for our staff? Um, and my husband was making pizzas. He makes all of our food. He was making pizzas at the time. He's Italian. He is just an amazing chef, just innately very, very good. Always worked front of house, but just just a, just great in the kitchen. Yeah. And so we just make pizzas for everyone for lunch. And so we came up with this idea during COVID. Why don't we turn St. Honoré into a pizza shop at night? Because we've got all the dough. We've got the meats and cheeses at Cafe Lola that we can bring over. Steve can make his homemade sauce. And then we can, you know, be open. We're paying rent anyway. Why right. are we, we just be open a little bit longer in the evening. And sometimes Plus, we wouldn't, we would close the donut shop at three and sometimes they wouldn't sell, completely sell out by right. three. So we're like, why well, if we say open and serve pizza that people could still buy donuts later. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So Correct. it was, so you know. we came up with Pizza Anonymous literally in the heart of COVID. It was July, 2020. And at that time, who was opening a new concept or a right. restaurant? And so I think that again, with us posting on social media and just saying, you know, we have some good news coming for all of you. Um, people just really flocked to it. The first night that we opened, we actually were in a meeting at Cafe Lola and I had my laptop open and I had set up 
our back end ordering system. And we're all, everyone's talking in the meeting. I'm just looking at my email. I just see ding, 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 ding. We all love those dings. And it's all of these orders. And I was like, guys, I think maybe we need to table this. So were they online orders then? You weren't, they weren't coming in because this was a COVID pivot that we made here. So it was like order online and then they could come pick up. Yes, and when we sell out, we sell out. Okay. So we were just like, okay, I think maybe we need to go over to the (laughs) pizza shop or donut shop. And we need to start making these pizzas. Over there, yeah, it was crazy. It was, I mean, that first we night, that. I we will forget about it. We before we even opened the door. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I mean, the, it was no, a no joke. The pizzas took like two hours. Like, they it did. was ridiculous. I mean, we had a lot of friends come. Uh, you know, my OB actually came to get a pizza. I had to deliver it to him two and a half hours later to his house. I'm like, I'm so sorry. He's like, no, we're just here to support Everybody you guys. Everybody was really was, forgiving They at were that point. very yeah. forgiving. Because, because they knew yeah. us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They knew and, and they we had knew shared we all already. Yeah. And also the pandemic, I think we all started, I mean, I don't know, two years later, we're not giving each other as much grace. But back then, <laughs> yeah. back then, everyone was like, you know, we, everyone was like resourcing to keep small businesses open and right. to do different totally, things yeah. and to have everyone different experiences. Supportive. Especially yeah. here in Las Vegas. That's one thing I think why we've been so successful is we have such a strong community and everybody really has everyone's back. I mean, this is a hospitality community. Right. And so we all support each other through and through. And I think when people saw us, you know, really trying to keep these businesses afloat and trying to make it and coming up with these ideas, they yeah. were going to support and they've always supported us. And I think that's that's another reason why we've been so successful really is because of our community. I mean, you started sort of feeding your community before you decided to open your location on the Strip, right? So that's the thing, right? You have, it wasn't that you jumped and you're like, let's go to the Strip and open a location and like try this really big idea, right? It was sort of and like- they came to us. They, they came to yeah, you. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So that is the next big location that's open. Yeah, I know it's causing Lynn a little stress. Oh my gosh. <laughs> literally, literally. Yeah. But it, it, will, my, it will be my worth it. It will like, be worth it. In the closed mm. office and they're like, don't talk to us. <laughs> literally. They're I mean, it's calls. like waking up in the middle of the night with these anxiety attacks. Like, oh my gosh, we have, it's, it's like the countdown is on. We, and you gotta think from it, think of it from a business perspective too. Like rent's gonna start and right. all of these, you know, additional bills are gonna start right. coming in. And plus it's, you know, it's, it's draining from the bank account because it's construction, it's, you know, ordering, it's all of these things. But with no income. That, <laughs> correct. Right. And so, you know, it's it's definitely, I think, so far, one of our bigger challenges, but I think it will have the biggest payoff as well. Mm, right. So it's just, you know, eye on the prize. So eye Cafe Lola at the Forum Shops. Yes. In right. Caesars Palace. Yes. So there's a whole different red tape that happens with being on the strip. Construction oh hours goodness. have to be certain hours. So yes. all of that is like so many more hoops. But I wanted you to talk a little bit about reinvestment, like the type of strong, you know, because even in the pandemic, right, you had to pivot. There were mm-hmm. companies that did go out of business, plenty, right? Mm-hmm. But the ones that really thrived were the ones that went forward and pivoted how they needed to. Mm-hmm. So when you're even on the cusp right now of opening up in something you've never done before. There's a lot of mental things that happen with you opening up in on the strip, literally the place to be in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about that and how, you know, that mental um, strength has had to come into play. Yeah, it definitely has. Like you said, there are so many challenges that we've never dealt with, um, with the building department, with being on the strip, with, you know, working in an environment where you have to work after hours, it's union labor, it's things that we haven't done before. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been lucky enough with a lot of our spaces, we found second generation spaces, which we love because you come in, everything is basically here and you're able to turn that around in maybe 60 to 90 days. Mm. That is every restaurateur's dream to have the equipment here, the flooring done, not really to do any yeah. construction. We just had to flip just, it. You know, literally, mm. you know, paint, putting flowers. It's, it, those are the 
dream spaces. So doing full-blown construction from the ground up, it's it's hard and dealing with those, you know, additional mm-hmm. hurdles. But like with anything, we just, we get it done. We know that there is a finish line. We know we just have to stay the course. We do our research. It's also a learning experience. So yes, this has caused me a lot of heartburn and anxiety, but at the end of the day, I'm like, wait a minute. I know so much more now about construction mm-hmm. and about working on the strip and dealing with the building department and dealing with all of these agencies than I did before. So the next time we do this, we're going to be that much further ahead. Right. So you just have to, you know, keep your eye on the prize, stay positive and know that everything to date has been a learning experience. Every single thing that we've done. And we wouldn't be where we are now if we hadn't learned something previously. So that really kind of helps keep it going. But I'm not going to lie. There are those yeah. really tough days Keeps too. Keeps our hairstylist like, in, in, yes. in, you know, like covering the grays. I like, literally <laughs> just went this yeah. week and covered the grays. I, I actually started deployed. sprouting them during COVID. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? What is this? What is this? Because it was such a stressful period for right. us. Right. But, you know, we just, we just keep it moving. You have to keep it moving. We don't let anything stop us. We'll figure it out. At the end of the day, we will figure it out. I, yeah. I love that. I mean, I, I want our listeners to really kind of yeah. understand that because we can all stop ourselves. And if you stop yourself, the opportunities you're going to miss, the 100%. life you're going to build is really going to get stopped up. But I want them to really, the takeaway is like, it, it's hard no matter what. When you're talking about your story, it sounds like a fairy tale, to be honest. It does. <laughs> people see it and they think it's hard. It's hard. Multiple like businesses. Like cream, delicious drinks. Yeah. Yeah. everybody, it's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's harder seasons than some seasons right. are harder than others. So, I mean, even throughout this, you know, construction is hard and entrepreneurship is hard and having a partnership is hard, you know? So a lot of times, like, it can be... The, the thing is that the thing that keeps you going usually is like your partner, you know, the, the and, or the community or, you know, your goals or whatever that is. But I think that having them hear that, that it's hard for even both of you, mm-hmm. you know, because when you look on Instagram, man, it looks so easy and, you know, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Target shopping never looked more fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But and that's the thing we yeah. talk about. There's no balance. There's no juggle. We're all moms here. So we really believe in the blend, right? You have to blend business, personal life. Both of your husbands are now involved in your businesses. You've got kids, both of you have young children. So it's the idea of blending it all and it looks imperfect and messy, right? Like there's imper- like we have to wrap this so that we can go pick up kids after yeah. school, right? <laughs> go to horseback riding right. lessons and do all there's, the things. There's things to do, but we're still able we're still able to do it. Do either of you have help? Like have you Yes. You okay, cuz that's something we want to talk about because while it's looks easy or like we t- you know that there's help. So we're who helps you at home and what do you have? So my mom, Lola, Oh, thank goodness for my mother. She lives with us. Um, so she's the granny nanny. So Margo, my daughter, is obsessed with her grandmother. Growing up, my grandmother lived with us too. And my yep, grandmother and I were, me. yes, we were mm-hmm. best friends. Yeah. She actually lived with me till the day she died. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were like this. So I want my daughter to have that with my mom. And being my mother's only child, mm-hmm. they have that relationship. So my mom lives with us. Um, and she is, you know, those two are the best of friends. So she is... Our, our biggest help. Steve and I do not know what we would do without Lola. Um, you know, she's my best friend and now she's Margo's too. So. That's so amazing. Yeah. I love that. And do you have help at all, Alex? Um, I wish I had my parents here because that's <laughs> amazing. But And my mom lives with us whenever she comes to visit, but I have an au pair. Mm-hmm. So she's from Colombia and she's amazing. Her name's Lena. I post about her actually a lot because she's part of our family now. So yeah. she, the only, she doesn't drive though. So she 
helps me with most of the younger one at the moment. So I'm constantly, I have to like juggle with Sophie. So Sophie's my toddler. Yeah. So I like constantly take, picking her up, mm-hmm. um, taking her to school, taking her all, to all her lessons. So then I all, um, she'll help me if I like have an event or something, I'll drop her off. But most yeah. of the time I bring Sophie with me to work. <laughs> and yeah. She'll come with me to the donut shop. She'll come with me here. She's then, your taste tester. She is. And she, and she, <laughs> she's, she loves it. Like she's like, she'll come, she's like, mom, like, let's go make a PJ mask latte. Like she'll literally come up with these I love ideas. Her so much. She's so funny. And, or she'll like go to the pizza shop and she has a great idea for pizza or she has, so she's, she's just like really, she's growing up in the restaurants, you know, right. and she's going to, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and it's super fun. I love bringing her along. Cause I think it's super important for her to see me working too. And yeah. I think it's it's nice that she knows what I do. I mean, they, you both have daughters, one daughter, two daughters, and your daughter's already, I mean, a lawyer and PhD. I mean, you're already doing amazing things as women, right? And then now you are entrepreneurs growing these businesses. So I think it's just so impactful for our children to see it, mm-hmm. but also see takes hard work. Right. You know, also we need to resource other people, whether it's family, whether it's hiring help, because a lot of our students in our community really get stuck on hiring, right? They, they feel like they have to do it all, especially our makers. A lot of, you know, we work with a lot of bakers. I'm thinking of a few of them now where like yeah. they're crying in their caramel. You know, because they're, they're <laughs> not like, into their caramel. <laughs> no, they can't, but, you know. But like, <laughs> they're in the kitchen 24 hours yeah. and they're not resourcing yeah. help because it's that thing of like making that jump. So have you ever had that kind of push? Like, have you ever thought, oh, I can't get help at home because I'm not doing enough? Or even when, obviously your restaurants, you needed to hire, but let's say back at the marketing agency, like oh, when yeah. was your first? Now, I, I always think back, I think it was Steve, Steve Jobs who said it, but it said like, you don't have to know everything. You just have to hire people who know everything, you know? Mm. So for us, like, that's what we do. Like we hire the best bakers. We hire the best, you know, baristas. We hire the best general managers, you know, because we want to surround ourselves with people who know more than us. Like I want, like our bakers at St. Honoré, they teach me new things all the time. They're like, Alex, we should do this donut like this with this ganache and that, you know, they come up with new flavors and that's the only way you're going to get better, right? You know, like you can't know it all. Like you can't do it all. So for me, when I go in there with Sophie and my bakers, like or our decorators are helping us come up with new ideas. Like for me, that's the coolest thing ever, you know, because I can, you know, you can balance a little bit better if you have help on both sides. Right. Yeah. For right. me, it's it's hard. I have a hard time delegating. I just rather do it myself. Um, but I think when we started to open more businesses and we had more companies and we just had all these additional responsibilities, didn't have a choice. You didn't have a choice. Had to start delegating. Right. And that was like one of the best things like for me that I've ever done. But it's it's hard, especially when you like things the way that you like them and you know how you want things done and you just have to put trust in others. And like she says, we just surround ourselves with people who know more than we do. And right. that's just how, that's that's how you learn. And, that's and it's okay grow. if they mess up, right? Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because I mean, you never know what learn. comes out of that mess up. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, look what we created. That's so <laughs> yeah. cool. Uh-huh. Right. I feel similar to you, Lynn, in that it is hard to hire, but I think that for me with our labels business, my husband primarily runs that himself. But you know, it is a little bit easier if you do have that family around. It's easier to kind of dip your toe into family helping you, mm-hmm. you know? And then if you don't, which Jacqueline, when you know, she lived in New Jersey, she didn't have help. So she would kind of resource the, the community, you know? So you make it work with what you have. And I think that that is really great because, you know, we cannot do it ourselves. No. That's the thing is that the, even owning a business, having to tend to the house, let's say, you know, tending to the house and then, you know, having, our, you know, all the things we want to do with our kids, there's nobody that can do all of that, no. you know, and or do it all well. So I also love that your husband, um, Steve, he was actually the cook, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like my, I have two daughters and 
I don't, my dad, or my dad, their dad is definitely not the cook, but they see him do all these different things, like he's cleaning the house and all these different things, and it kind of flips their mind, you know, of, oh, look at that. Maybe it looks a little bit different for this generation. Yeah, yeah totally. So. It's all about teamwork. Mm-hmm. It's shared yeah. roles, yeah. right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So I actually want to go backwards to the conversation about Instagram and growing that sort of audience, because one of the big things that we obviously found you all through becoming cyber stalkers on Instagram, as you do. It's true. (laughs) But um, but for us, you know, the thing that a lot of people, we do tell them, you know, they don't want to be the face of their brand, for example. So uh, Alex, you have your own Instagram, which you are the face of your brand, but the restaurant stand without, they have other people's faces. They have customers enjoying the beverages and the donuts, or even just the food in itself stands for itself. So my question to you is, is when you were starting this, did you have a big following or how did you sort of, cause you took everyone on the journey and then people were waiting. Yeah. And we always tell people that we don't want them to launch to a cold audience, right? Or not, or to the crickets, exactly. right? To nobody. So what would you kind of give us suggestions to people who are really struggling on social? today in 2022 when we call him Marky Mark Zuckerberg has really, really made it <laughs> hard for people. Us, okay. He's really made it hard to like, be organically um, mm-hmm. found. But sort of what would you say to people? Because we do, we like that behind the scenes. We like to personify the brand and like take people on that journey. So what would be your advice as your, let's forget your marketing heads on this one. Anyway, sorry. I would, I would say just... Well, for us, it was a little bit different. So we did have this marketing company and we were these two girls that had these, you know, traditional careers that took a non-traditional route. And so we would share that all the time on Instagram, on Facebook. It was always Lynn and Alex, Lynn and Alex, they're doing another event. They're doing this, they're doing that. And we started to grow a following just from that. Like, hey, these two girls were working at the university. One has a law degree, one has a PhD, and they're opening a marketing company. Like, really? And they're they're doing well and it's thriving. And so I think people just, they wanted to see that. They wanted to follow that, like all the fun things that we were doing because, you know, everyone wants to get out of that nine to five and, you know, follow their dreams and follow their passions. And so we would just post about it. We've been doing it for seven years and we just started to grow a following and people wanted to see what are they going to do next? What are they going to do next? What are they going to do next? And when we posted that, hey, we're going to be opening a cafe, it was just like, whoa, now they're restaurateurs. So they went from marketing to restaurateurs. And so people just wanted to follow that. And I think that's how we started our base. Mm-hmm. And then it's just kind of grown from there. Right. So I think it's just sharing your story and, you know, not being afraid and not like Alex always says, don't plan it out. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. I have a couple things I think that are, that really work is like the, the first thing is to do unexpected things, you know? So like she said, like people, like us being these traditional roles going to do something unexpected is like is interesting, you know? So to share those things is, is I think, interesting. So people want to hear more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes Lynn will go on and she looks like this and then she'll dance like crazy, you know? And people <laughs> love it. And people love that because it's interesting. It's like unexpected and interesting. So they want to watch like, wow. Like, you know, they, yeah. they, it uh-huh. kind of catches their attention. Yeah. Um, for that, those, I think unexpected things, I think always should be shared. The other thing that I do on my personal, a lot of times is I just try to create entertaining content, you know? So not necessarily related to the cafe, but I, you know, will do something relevant, you know? So something that maybe is a movie coming out or something that's um, just to show what I can do, I guess, you know, to show like the creativity part and also it's entertaining becomes almost like a TV show. You know, I feel like people Uh like, they're like waiting for the next thing I'm going to do. And I think that people love that element as well, just to kind of get to know me on another personal level. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think like, like Lynn said, yeah, like I think just sharing everything that we do. Like for me, I've just started to share 
all, my family. I've started to share how I do it as a working mom. I started to share like what my day in the life looked like. I actually didn't think people would care about what my day in the life looked like. You know, like I'm like, this is what I do. I wake up, I eat this, I do, I go pick up my daughter, you know, and um, I'm gluten-free. I start sharing about that. And then I, I think the first day I did a day in the life, I hit like a million views. And I was like, what? Like people care what I do during the day? Yeah. Like it's so weird to me. And then, um, so then I just started posting more about what, what I saw that people wanted to see. You know, I think it's just about testing your audience. Like go, just start posting anything because you never know what's going to go viral. And you never know if there's something hidden in your drafts that you're like too embarrassed to post, you know, that that maybe that's what people want to see. They want to see that side of you, you know? Yeah. And then I think that, for me, I like I, it was hard for me to like kind of get past that because I'm actually an introvert. I, I actually like we were talking about it earlier. Are you an I'm extrovert? Like, oh yeah. yeah. So we knew it. We sat across oh, each other. Yeah. And I, was like, I think I'm more like Lynn, and we're like, yeah. uh huh. I'm and then definitely you're, an introvert. Well, I was like, yeah. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like if you catch me, like I mean, some people are like, you know, I think I share my personality pretty well on social, but I think people do. I think it does tend to lean towards an extrovert for some reason, but I don't know why. I think it's just because I'm, I guess I'm a nice- Because you're willing to kind of show and, show and share. And, yeah. <laughs> but, but not in person. Don't talk to me yeah. in person. Yeah. Like, don't talk to me in, in person. person. <laughs> just like, yeah, I just, I'm like, just, like you can say hello. I mean, I, I love when people yeah, say hello. Yeah. It's like the nicest thing ever. And people yeah. like literally will fly here from all over the country to come say hello, you know? Uh -huh. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever, you know? Yeah. Like people say like, I don't care about your donuts. I'm coming here to meet you, yeah. you know? And uh -huh. I'm like, that is for me, like the coolest compliment ever, you know? And mm -hmm. and then they're now they're like, oh my God, Sophie's here. And they like freak out. <laughs> oh and they like gosh, know my daughter's so name, you know? And it's it's super cute. People ask me to sign napkins for them. And uh -huh. like, so, so, and it's all just because you share things, right. you know? Yeah. And so you either have to commit to it, you know, or not. Like, mm -hmm. I think when you kind of half commit, that's when I don't think you will go by viral as, as much because you, you know, people, the audience also likes consistency, right? <laughs> like, yeah. They want to watch their TV shows. Like right. they want, if they see you, they want to see more of you. you yeah. know? They don't want to mm -hmm. just get a little snippet. So for me, I'm like, I consistently post every single day. I try to commit to it because I know that they want to see it. When my mom was having heart surgery, you know, and I like went to Arizona, I was like, okay, I'm just going to start posting what I'm doing here, you know, because mm -hmm. they, they still want to see me, you know, and they mm -hmm. like want to know what I'm doing there. And I shared that she was getting heart surgery and people were like, it blew up, you know, so other people have experienced that. Right. Yeah. So I think that, I think it just creates this, like it just creates this connection that people just know we're human, you know, like we're here, we're, we're the owners. We like, you know, and I, I think that that's the most important thing. And they root for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As real people. Yeah, they really mm -hmm. do. So My I, audience is incredible. Like I, they're all so like when I get like to meet a celebrity, they're like, we're so happy for you. And they like freak out and they're like, I've never been so proud of someone I don't know. And yeah. I'm like, those are like, that's so cool to me. But so I do want to point that out because we always, I'm the extrovert. She's the introvert, even mm -hmm. though I think like she's really come over to my side on certain days. <laughs> I, it depends. I, it's, it's, really work. it's work related. Yeah, it is. It's, There's a lot of be output, extrovert, you know, for work. Yeah. yeah. But what uh -huh. I think, what I want everyone to hear is because a lot of times people will default onto, I'm an introvert, so I can't mm -hmm. put myself on camera or I don't want to show my face or this isn't going to work for me because I'm an introvert. But you're a perfect example of a huge following and entertainment and building these beautiful businesses. And same with you, but I mean, like people would expect us to be the ones on camera. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, but you know, and then that you're able to do that. So I just want everyone that's listening and if you start to follow along that know that Alex is the introvert in in the in the uh -huh. partnership, right? Yeah. And so uh -huh. it starts to let you overcome those sort of like, we, we build all these reasons why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Introversion is just a, simply a skill set. Uh -huh. I mean, it is definitely and where not, you get your energy, right? Yeah, it's where you get your energy. And I think that for all of us, I, I always push our audience to show their face because if they want to stand out, it's going to be them. Completely. So it's not this candle maker or that candle maker. It's, you know, 
or this soap maker or that soap maker. It really is like if you want to go really fast and be able to pivot, they need to buy into you as a person. Yeah, another thing you, know? you just reminded me that I wanted to give you for a tip is don't try to sell. Yeah, because mm-hmm. a lot of people and even our marketing girls, like when they like submit all the videos they post to me and I'm like, no, this is too salesy. Like, I don't want to sell you something, you know, yeah. right. for my videos. I'm not even I'm like I did one yesterday where like I actually had my assistant and then uh, my partner, Steve, we went into our cafe and just ordered, did a video on what the people in front of us ordered, you know, mm-hmm. and I we were like, we ordered three random drinks and it ended up being alcoholic drinks, <laughs> we ended up drinking Bellinis and, fro- and he had the froze and it was he was like pouring the froze. It was so funny. But I'm like, you're a marketing your restaurant like but right. no one knows you're marketing it because it's yeah. such such a funny video right like you're actually seeing three of the drinks like our most popular drinks but you know we're doing it in a way where it's not selling it to you, right. you know? entertainment. especially on social right yeah. because they don't want to be sold to on social because mm-hmm. they're there to consume and as you always and say inspired. are you not entertained <laughs> yeah that's yeah. how I feel <laughs> sometimes yeah, you know? it's true though like that's you know? why I, like, I'm like I don't sell anything like I yeah. just want to show you how cool our donuts are and I'll, I'll you know and I will do the tours of our restaurants because people want to see that but again mm. I don't think it's selling it it's just I'm, I'm kind of saying it in more in an educational way right that's mm-hmm. such a good point that is just yeah. like yeah because everyone's always like how to sell without being salesy right we like to right. be like we say like the, mm-hmm. the guy with the coat with all the watches is like you want to watch you want to watch uh-huh. so I love that point and I think that's such a great place to sort of wrap this part of the conversation. So we are so excited. What we like to ask, we say that entrepreneurship is like dog years, right? So like every year is actually like seven years of experience. Mm -hmm. So what would you both tell, you know, baby Lynn and baby Alex, like a few years back, maybe when you were starting or when you were making the leap, like what advice would you give them? I always, I've been asked this before and and my response, which really sticks with me to this day is, if you want it, you'll get it. Mm. But you have to work for it. You have to sacrifice you have to be educated about it. You have to research. You have to not give up. So if you want it, you'll get it. You can have anything that you want, but you have to be willing to work for it. Mm. And I think that that's something that I would tell my younger self. Um, just keep pushing. You will get there. You will run into roadblocks. There will be times when you're like, this isn't going to work. How do I continue? Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. If you really want to do it, you just have to do it. And eventually you will get there. I love it. I would say for me, I kind of said it earlier, but you know, nothing has to be perfect. That's definitely one of the things that I would stop me before, you know, like that I would be like, oh, it's not perfect yet. I'm going to wait. Like, uh-huh. Same with the videos. Like uh, it's not perfect enough. I'm not going to even post the video. So like those things for me, it's like super important just just to be authentic and just just don't wait, just do it. Just and do then, it. yeah, another thing is similar to, is to Lynn is for me, a lot of times um, we were told you know, that it's not possible. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you guys, you know, you guys are never been in the restaurant industry. So you guys will definitely fail. Like people would tell us the craziest things, you know, and for me, I just like my number one thing is that it's possible. Like anything is possible. And I think that and no matter if you, if you have a dream, like Lynn said, like you just have to work for it and don't let, don't talk about it to anybody. Like, I think the best thing to do is just do, do it mm-hmm. and, you know, figure out a plan you know, and to start working towards it and don't talk about it to anyone because those people don't really see your vision. They don't know your passion. They don't know how strong you are. They don't know if you have grit and they could talk you out of it, you know? So the best thing to do is just to go forward and complete your dreams and just do it and find the people who will help you. hundred percent. Cause if we listen to everyone who told us not to do it, there's, we would not have done the marketing company. Yeah, we, the yeah. University. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like this. Right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. They don't know what you're capable of, you know? Exactly. So, and, or how you, how you're able to pivot. Cause I think that's the thing too. I love how that's like integrated in both in the advice that you gave is that it really is about those people that can take action, even if it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. And even if somebody else doesn't say, Hey, a okay, now you can move forward, you know? Right. And I think that that is really, sometimes people will hold themselves back because they don't want to, um, displease other people. Right. You know? And so so I think that's such a great thing to, yeah, uh just incredible. So what we'd love to know from you is where can people follow you, buy from you, come visit you, um, just share all the deets. So you can find Lynn in the office. Just <laughs> in the office. office usually with my blue light glasses on. Like. <laughs> so we have Cafe Lola, which is, uh, we have actually four locations. And then, so we have one in Allegiant Stadium. And then we have the fifth one coming to farm shops. And then we also have um, St. Honoré, which we have two donut shops. And then pizza shops are within that. So those are all of our um, restaurants. And then my personal is, just my name, Alexandra underscore Lourdes. And mine is uh, Lynn underscore Smith underscore Jerome, but go to Instagram. <laughs> That's yes. probably the only place you'll find me is just doing quick stories here and there because it's just at the end of the day, She'll I'm be just on, like, it's, she's, you're featured on the business pages. Yes. Yeah, you can doing yes. a fun dance. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can find me yeah. on the business pages. That's, yeah. I scroll and scroll and scroll down in Cafe Lily. You'll find them in their beautiful, like cute matching French outfits where you did some really fun reels and stuff. Oh, so we'll yeah. drop it all into the show notes. Ladies, thank you for hosting us here. Thank this you guys Adrian. so much. This was so amazing. much fun. It was so nice talking to you guys. Thank I know, you. Nice meeting you guys. And we appreciate you reaching out to us. Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge and we're inviting you to take the pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business, online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. We're inviting you to take the pledge if you head to shop1in5.com. The link is in the show notes. And when you get there, please make sure to share the pledge with your friends, your family, and your customers. Let's invite everyone to take the Shop 1 in 5 pledge so that we can all use our purchasing power to change lives. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.